welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this podcast episode number 137. Thank you for being here and listening. Today, I want to talk to you about going without. Now, the phrase going without was commonly used during the wartime years of rationing in the UK, particularly during World War II, when people had to make do with limited supplies and they often had to go without certain items that were in short supply, including food. People had to sacrifice and adapt to a new way of life where they couldn't always get everything they wanted or needed, and they had to find creative ways to stretch their ration resources and make the most of what was available. But now, today, in the 2020s, making a mass generalisation, but we are generally not in the practice of going without. In fact, we've evolved over the past 80 years a greater sense of entitlement, and instant gratification is becoming the norm. And yes, I know I'm making some generalisations here and there will be many who are finding themselves going without, whether it's because of the current economic situation or because of a chronic illness. But this podcast is for those of you who rarely go without when it comes to your food choices. And if you're finding yourself going without in certain areas of life because of the current economic challenges you're facing or for other reasons, chances are you could be compensating by not going without when it comes to your food choices, because often The cheapest foods, biscuits and sweets, for example, are used to compensate for pleasure and joy in our lives or provide comfort when life is tough. In our modern society, it seems we're getting into the habit of expecting instant gratification. And this really isn't useful as it relates to us having a healthy relationship with food. Now, gratification is the feeling of satisfaction, pleasure or contentment experienced when our desires, wants or needs are fulfilled. And it can be both physical and emotional. And whilst the tendency to seek instant gratification has been a part of human behaviour for centuries, there are several factors that may make it appear as though we are seeking it more and more in contemporary society. Now, the rapid advancement of technology, particularly in the form of our smartphones and the internet, has certainly made it easier than ever to access information, entertainment and products instantly. And this convenience conditions us to expect things immediately more and more. Also, consider that social media platforms, along with the constant stream of notifications from all of our various apps, are also providing immediate reward in the form of likes and comments and messages. And this instant feedback can create a dopamine feedback loop, which normalises short-term reward and validation. I also think social media is contributing to an ever-growing fear of missing out. And the fear of missing out on experiences, ownership and opportunities is also compelling us again to seek instant gratification as a way to participate in the moment and avoid feeling left out. And by the way, if you want to know more about how the fear of missing out is hindering you having the relationship with food that you want, then check out podcast episode number 56 called Food FOMO. Now, our consumer culture and marketing strategies often promote the idea of buy now, pay later, or offer quick and easy access to products and services through online shopping, 
fast food and on-demand services. The buy now, pay later could also be considered when we're eating foods that are unhealthy or hindering us having the weight loss results that we want. We're getting them now, but we're certainly paying for it later. Also consider that high levels of stress and anxiety in modern society are leading us again to seek immediate relief and comfort through activities, including eating and overeating, binge watching television and online shopping. So why is all this happening? Well, let's explore what's going on in our bodies when we experience gratification. So feelings of gratification are associated with the release of certain neurotransmitters and chemicals in the brain. When we eat food that tastes delicious or we have a comforting meal, several neurotransmitters and chemicals are released in the brain to create feelings of pleasure and satisfaction, including dopamine, which we've spoken about quite a number of times before on the podcast. But if you want to specifically find out more about dopamine in your brain and food, check out podcast episode number 135 just a couple of weeks ago called Brain Science for Weight Loss. Now, dopamine is a central player in the brain's reward system and is released when we consume tasty and comforting food. The brain associates pleasurable tastes with a dopamine release, reinforcing the desire to eat and enjoy certain foods. And by eating foods we find delicious or comforting, we trigger the release of other chemicals as well, including endorphins, which are natural painkillers and mood enhancers. How many of you turn to food to feel better when you've got some mild physical pain, like a headache, for example. Also, serotonin, known for its role in mood regulation, is also influenced by the foods we eat. So especially those foods that are rich in carbohydrates will temporarily increase serotonin levels and lead us to a sense of contentment and well-being. Also, When we're eating in social settings where we feel relaxed, such as when we're eating with close friends and family members, we also find that oxytocin is released due to the emotional connection and bonding that often occurs during those shared meals. And oxytocin is another feel-good chemical, a feel-good neurotransmitter. The release of these chemicals when we eat serves as a natural mechanism to encourage nourishment and consumption of essential nutrients, or at least It did thousands of years ago, and it does for animals in the wild, but it also reinforces the connection between food and gratification. So is it any wonder that we've become a society of overconsumption and instant gratification in our relationship with food when you consider everything that is going on here? So what's the alternative? How do we embrace and adopt a practice of going without and delayed gratification? And why does it feel so difficult to practice those things when it's the path to us having the weight we want and optimal health? And sometimes it feels like we would do anything to get that in our lives. Now, of course, scientists have been studying this for decades. You may be familiar with the marshmallow test. So the marshmallow test is a famous psychological experiment that was conducted by Walter Michel in the late 1960s and early 70s. And this test was designed to study the concept of delayed gratification in children. Now in this psychological experiment, children were given the choice between between eating one marshmallow immediately or waiting 15 minutes to receive two marshmallows. And about 30% of the children who participated in the original study were able to wait for the second marshmallow, even though they knew they only had the 15 minutes to wait. So that is 70% of those children weren't able to wait. 
So we already talked about the feel-good chemicals we experience when we get gratification from food. But what's behind the compelling feeling, the urge that drives us to avoid going without? So that strong feeling is often referred to as impulsivity, a strong and often irresistible urge to satisfy immediate desires, needs or cravings without considering the long-term consequences. And several factors contribute to this feeling. Now, our brains are wired to seek reward and pleasure. The limbic system, I've spoken about this before, which is associated with emotions and pleasure, can override the prefrontal cortex when making decisions in the moment, which is the part of our brain responsible for rational decision-making and impulse control. Hence, in when we make decisions in the moment, we often find we have that impulsive behaviour. Now, evolutionarily, seeking immediate rewards such as food, shelter or safety was essential for survival. And this instinct meant that we prioritised our immediate needs over long-term goals. And that worked well for us when we were living in a world where we were aiming to survive, not in today's world where we're aiming to thrive. Also, stress, anxiety and boredom and other emotional states can increase that desire for instant gratification to alleviate the discomfort or negative emotions quickly. Remember the positive neurotransmitter, those chemicals that created all of those feel-good feelings that I just spoke about a few minutes ago. If we have the option of feeling stress, anxiety or boredom or feeling those emotions of pleasure and comfort and connection created by those neurotransmitters when we eat food. Is it any wonder we turn to eat something or to see what's in the fridge when we're feeling stressed or bored? But also consider that we're not just making the choice between feeling normal or being on an even keel and experiencing those positive chemicals, the effect of that gratification. Because once we feel the urge or that compulsion, we're actually sort of at a below negative level. And when we consciously choose to resist instant gratification and delay it in favour of a long-term goal or a more prudent choice, we're often left with a mix of uncomfortable emotions and feelings. And these might include frustration, because it's normal to feel frustrated when we deny ourselves something we desire in the moment. We might also feel anxiety, which can arise from uncertainty when we're not sure if we will get the thing that we want or when we will get the thing that we want. And we create this anxiety for ourselves when we tell ourselves we can't have something or we're not allowed it. or We tell ourselves that it is a bad choice or make ourselves wrong for wanting it. So if we tell ourselves, for example, we can't have the glass of wine instead of saying we're not having it tonight, but we'll have it on the weekend. Our brains will worry that we're missing out and they're worried that the sacrifice won't be worth it. What if we don't get the result we want? But on the flip side, as we start to practice the decision to go without and to delay gratification more frequently, we will notice that we start to feel positive emotion more and more. Now, delaying gratification can bring you a sense of pride and satisfaction, feelings of hope and anticipation for what's to come, and a sense of empowerment from you feeling more in control of your choices and behaviours. And then over time, as you see the positive outcomes of your delayed gratification efforts, you may experience a sense of contentment and fulfillment and the longer term satisfaction. So the mix of emotions you experience when resisting instant gratification can be complex and may evolve over time. And whilst it can be challenging to forego immediate pleasures, 
the positive emotions associated with achieving long-term goals will, of course, outweigh the temporary discomfort of delaying gratification. Additionally, practicing self-control, going without, and delaying gratification will lead to personal growth and a greater sense of freedom, which will over, which will lead to enhanced overall well-being. So how do you set yourself up to practice going without more? Well, start with having clear goals. Define your long-term and short-term goals. Have a clear sense of what you want to achieve that can motivate you to exercise self-control in the pursuit of those goals. Also practice a form of mindfulness. My go-to mindful practice is journaling daily. And I sometimes practice meditation, but it's not as consistent as my journaling practice. So even having a practice of breathing exercises just for a few minutes can help you become more aware of your thoughts, emotions and impulses, which will give you greater control over them. It's also useful to identify your triggers. When you recognise the situations, emotions or stresses that tend to trigger impulsive behaviour, you can develop strategies to manage them more effectively. And creating the practice of delaying immediate rewards by setting a waiting period is something that can also be helpful. And in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, we do this through the urge jar work and through the practice of deciding to put the food that we desire in the moment on our plan for a future day, which could be tomorrow or the weekend or another specific time. It's also easier to practice going without when you have the routines and habits that promote self-regular control. Regular exercise as well, adequate sleep, staying hydrated will all help you regulate your mood and energy levels, making it easier to resist temptations. And it's important to surround yourself with people who will support your goals and values and avoid situations and people that consistently undermine your self-control efforts. And finally, there are another two that I believe that are really important that are often not considered or forgotten. And now the first is learning from your setbacks with compassion and curiosity and seeing your setbacks as opportunities to learn and improve your self-control strategies. This is something that you learn how to do in the academy through the discovery process. And then the second thing is to reward yourself to create that positive reinforcement. And this doesn't need to be a physical reward. It doesn't need to be a thing that you buy yourself. It can be in the form of some kind words or a self-hug. Now, you've also got to remember that developing a practice of self-control, going without and delayed gratification is a gradual process. Setbacks are normal. When you're patient with yourself and keep practicing consistently, you will, over time, create the results you ultimately want. Now, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you want help and support in any of these areas, the Lose Weight Live Life Academy is currently closed for enrolment, but do come and join our free Facebook community go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash lose weight live life. And if you're looking for private coaching, I have a couple of slots opening up in November. Email me at support at weightwhispering.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The programme offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join 
at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.